and welcome to the Real Life Sports Show. This podcast is for sports fans, whether you're playing it, interested in it, or looking to learn from high achievers. My name is Sam Adams. I'm known as the Real Life Coach. I'm a business owner and a life coach, and I work with sports professionals, athletes, coaches, and people in and around the industry. I help those people live more expansively, more authentically, so that they can enhance their performance, whether that's playing their game or living their real life. My background is in business. I've been in business for over 20 years in property. I've mentored and coached in that industry, and that led me into being a life coach. I'm super passionate about sports, and that's what led me to working in that industry and creating this podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking to some amazing human beings, some elite athletes and people from that industry. We're going to be talking about the glory, the glamour, the achievements and the medals, but we're also going to go to the real life bit, behind the scenes, what it really takes to excel. We're going to talk about the guts, the determination, the grit and the grime. For you, the listener, you're going to get some great takeaways and insight, whether you're looking to achieve for yourself around your mindset or your personal development. This is the podcast for you. So if you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review and any comments you have. So here we go, the Real Life Sports Show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So today I'm recording another episode. I'm really excited uh, about this podcast and some of the guests that we're managing to get on. Today is no exception. We've got a phenomenal guest on and I'm really looking forward to just having an interesting uh, laid back chat with this amazing lady. So today I'm really blessed to be joined with Helen Ward. Hello, Helen. Hello, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm really well. Thank you for uh, agreeing to be on the podcast. This is the new podcast series, um, a new podcast that I created all around sport. And um, yeah, I'm just really delighted that you agreed to come on. Um, but rather than me introduce you to the audience, <laughs> I love I love doing this. Guests are always coming. Um, I like people to try and blow their own trumpet. So come on, can you blow your own trumpet? Who is Helen Ward? Um, I'm not sure if I'm any good at blowing my own trumpet, but I'll give it a go. Um, Helen Ward is a footballer. Uh, I've played since I was about nine or ten years old. And, yeah, it's very different from back then to how it is now in the world of women's football. Um, But in my career so far, I've been lucky enough to play for the likes of Watford, Arsenal, Chelsea, Reading. Um, I'm back at Watford again now. Um, and also playing for the Welsh international team, um, where I've managed to rack up, I think, 94 caps. Wow. And, uh, and I've scored a few goals as well. So, yeah, yeah it's good. Um, and I've got, um, I've got two kids as well who keep me very busy. Um, yeah. I'm just pleased they've gone back to school now because uh, it gives me a little bit of peace and quiet in the afternoons. <laughs> Yeah, but anyone that's not, we recorded this in March, so it's been a week, uh, March 2021, so anyone's listened to it outside of that time, this is the first week that the kids have gone back to school, so I know there's a lot of big sighs of relief in the world, <laughs> homeschooling, um, thank God Definitely. I have to do it, I'll take my hat off to you. How old are your kids? 
Emily is six and Charlie's three. So he's just started at the, the school nursery um, just in the afternoons. But mm. as I said, those afternoons, those three hours I get in the afternoon, they're like a godsend. Um, so it's the first time in sort of six and a half years that I've been child free on a regular basis. So mm. I'm making the most of it, um, managing to get some training done um, on my own, which is nice. Um, and yeah, just taking a bit of time for, for me, which is which is what we all need at times, I think. Oh, I, look, you know, if you, well, I'm all about the self-care stuff. I know it's difficult when you've got kids. My kids are grown up, but um, I'm super passionate about that and about us finding time every day. I know it's not easy when you've got little kids. It's, I used to get up really super early in order to carve out a bit of me time, but it is really challenging, I know. So, yeah, I'll take my hat off to you. It is difficult. So Thank let's... I mean, this is really a relaxed conversation, you know, it's really hard with podcasting because I know a lot of people get the same questions uh, over <laughs> and over again and I'm almost like, what can I ask that's outside the box? And one of the questions, I was challenged by Tom Bosworth, who's an um, Olympic race walker, and um, he, he wanted to challenge me about my questions and the question I give to, gave to him, I'm going to give to you, see, see how you find this. Okay. Um, if I had, if I could only ask you one question today, what would that question be? What would you like that question to be? Oh, wow. Um, you've really thrown me. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I did it to him as well. So I was quite yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because, I mean, like you said, I, I've been asked pretty similar questions, um, especially in the last 12 months because of what's going on and, the pandemic and you get a lot of questions around balancing time and you know with training with children with lockdown without lockdown that kind of stuff so I've, I've sort of covered all of that um <clears throat> I don't know maybe something around there's nothing really I haven't been asked <laughs> to be honest which is probably why I'm struggling to think <laughs> if I haven't been asked it I don't know that I need to be asked it <laughs> yeah maybe um, is there one question that you like to be asked a lot? Is there a favourite question? Um, I, I quite like things sort of surrounding, you know, what what is my passion to carry on playing football, you know, at 34 and with, with two children. Some people might think, you know, why are you still doing it? What yeah. what drives you? Um, so that stuff around that, because I find it, you know, when I listen to other people answering that sort of question, I always find it interesting because people have so many different motivations to, to yeah. do what they're doing, whether it's in work, sport, anything else. Um, so, you know, if I'm asked that, then I, hopefully I'd give a, an interesting answer. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, anything goes. I'm not, I'm not afraid to answer any questions, to be honest. Well, no. and, and I'm pretty laid back, like, because sometimes these co conversations go off on a complete tangent and, and yeah. I like that. I'd rather it's a chat rather than like an interview I never call yeah, them interviews. I always call them like conversations or chats because I just think that's yeah. nicer all right let, let's do a bit more formal stuff then because <laughs> you played since you were like nine or ten and um how did you get into football then was it family was it you know you just picked up a ball and liked it how did you get into it yeah, so I was lucky enough to grow up in a in a family in an environment where sport was very much the norm uh, my dad he he grew up, he always played football, hockey, cricket, rugby, you name it. He was into all the sports. And, you know, even as he got a bit older, he he, he still plays golf when he can Obviously not right now, but he still plays golf. He he played cricket while I was young. Um, 
was really young. My mum's the same. She plays netball. She still plays netball. She's just turned 67 and she's awesome. still, obviously, when things are allowed to get back, she'll be yeah. playing netball still, um, hockey again. Um, and, and my older brother, who he played football every weekend and for the school. And I was sort of going around following you know, my parents and my, my brother mm. to various different sporting events and, you know, sort of kicking a ball around on the side or throwing a ball around, whatever it was. It was I was always around sport. Um, and it just happens that football was the one that I sort of took to. I enjoyed it the most, whether it was watching my brother or playing with him in the garden. Mm. Um, he normally made me go in goal, but that has not made me any sort of a goalkeeper because <laughs> no, I wouldn't stick me there now. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he sort of, he probably toughened me up a bit because um, he was he was quite a decent little player and then yeah it was him that he found uh, some information out about our local team which was Watford and he said why don't you go along you you know you, you're quite a good player and you enjoy it so why not go along and that was it I went along to my first session and just kicking a ball against the wall because we used to train in this indoor sort of old barn type place with a wooden floor um, health and safety will probably go mad over it at the moment but <laughs> in this day and age um, there was always wet patches on the floor that were a bit slippery um, where the roof had leaked but yeah I, I was kicking a ball against the wall and the coach came over and he said look we were going to sort of put you in the B team um, but I can tell that you've kicked a ball before so we'd like to see if you know you fancy coming up with the A team and, and playing with us at the weekend and I think within a few days I'd made my debut and I think I scored a hat-trick in my first under-10s game so wow. that kind of all snowballed from there and I've, I've never looked back so it was a yeah it was just growing up around sport and it was just the natural thing it never seemed out of the ordinary for me as a girl to, to play sport and in particular football. Yeah it's it interesting how, how was it back then because what we're talking you're 34 now so you're talking like 24 years ago like when I played football like I'm 53 so no way yeah yeah <laughs> no I'm not having that <laughs> <laughs> so when I played it was like well you can imagine what it was like back then I mean I was I probably I did athletics most of my I was a good runner um to county standard and then I got into football and that but it was uh, I mean we were all bundled in a car like 10 of us to get to a match and it yeah. was symbolic really when I think about it now and I look back <laughs> it. but actually even 24 years ago in the women's game it was still nothing like it is now. So, so what was it like then? Was it open? Because I've spoken to Jess Fishlock and a few other female footballers about it. What it was like for them back then? What was it like for you? Did you get kind of ridiculed for it? Did you? Or was it just openly accepted? And yeah, cool. Crap. Yeah, I was. I was really lucky actually. I think um, I don't know whether it's because I had an older brother that that sort of I don't know gave me a bit of a clout in a way. Hmm. Um, or just that I happened to be in a school with a really sort of open-minded environment. You know, the teacher who yeah. ran the boys' football team, he was he was fantastic. And, you know, considering, like you're saying, this is 24 years ago, he had no problems putting me in the boys' team if I was good enough. Um, me and my friend, we used to play in the boys' team. And, you know, and, and the same, the boys had no problem with it. They, You know, even now I get messages on Facebook from some of my friends who I haven't seen since I was 10 or 11 years old. And they're like, oh, I remember a goal you scored. It's so amazing to see you still playing. And, you know, and that's how it was. But they were my friends and they had no problem with the fact that a girl was on their team. Um, so I am, I'm really fortunate because I know it's not the same for everyone and, and not everybody had that sort of luxury of just being able to get on with it and play. Um, in terms of, you know club football and stuff we 
we again I was fortunate to be part of a really successful team we used to win the league the cup all the tournaments we used to be really really good and you know the, the sort of team that everybody wanted to beat um so again I was I was lucky in that sense um but also it to me it wasn't it was just football where there was no sort of progression it was just I'm here in the moment and I'm playing and I love it and and that was it there was no senior footballers that I looked up to because I didn't know of anyone at that point I didn't even know Watford had a senior team because mm. it was so separate you didn't train or see them at the same places and stuff so it kind of just happened that I, I kind of grew up as women's football grew and it you know I'm it's quite mad people say oh do you regret that you're sort of coming to the end of your career when football's really taking off and it's a professional sport and I kind of think do you know what I, I honestly have no regrets and I've not I'm not disappointed that I'm not growing up and coming into it now because who knows, I might not have had anywhere near the career that I've had if I was a 16 or 17 year old now coming into the sport because there's so many different pressures and different expectations, whereas I could just play and enjoy it and love it. And I think that's what made me want to carry on for as long as I have because it has just been purely about the enjoyment and the love of football. I just, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that I was quite good and I've, I've been able to, to sort of, make half a career from it so it, I think you know I wouldn't change a thing about how I've I've come up through football yeah. you know and, and as I said seeing it grow as I've grown up as a person as well mm. yeah and I think for me like when I think about that and that quote I think oh, I wish I was playing football now I wish I was 16 now <laughs> so I'm the only, <laughs> I mean I wasn't I could run fast that was probably my best I was good on the wing because I grew up really <laughs> Um, didn't have a lot of technical ability to be honest but I love saying but I would have loved to have been yeah I would have loved to have been playing now I just think now how yeah I mean I mean don't don't get me wrong like the thought of being able to train and play every day at at that age of 16 to to 20 or whatever it would have been fantastic and I'm sure I would have loved it but I I don't like to look back and and wish for something different you know I'm I'm so happy with how my career's gone and where it is now Mm. um but you know that that's not to say I don't think it's amazing what's happening and it is fantastic these girls have got such amazing opportunities you know not just within the playing side of the game but the things that they can then get from it afterwards I think it's just fantastic and yeah it's it's one of those I appreciate what I've got but I also appreciate what is going on now and and, you know hopefully I can still remain a part of football even if I'm not playing then hopefully I can still benefit from from where it is and where it's going yeah sure so Let's talk about your career then from sort of the last 24 years. Um, was there a point that you yourself thought, yeah, I'm pretty good at this? Or, or was it, did it, did you not have like that penny drop moment, that light bulb moment? You thought, oh, yeah, I can be really something in this game. Or was it, yeah, I just. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had that moment. I still wouldn't, you know, if I if I compare myself to, to other players, I probably think, oh, I don't know how I've ended up where I am because. <laughs> You know, I've played with some of the best players in the world, you know, some of the best players in Europe. And I think, how have I managed to be on the same team as them? Um, Because technically, I'm probably nowhere near them. Um, But I've got a a good work rate and I'm passionate. And, you know, that's taken me quite a long way. I think Um, it can take you a long way in anything. You know, I always say you can have all the skill in the world, but if you've got no will 
then as useless. Exactly, exactly. And it's doing those extra bits that, that nobody's watching and, you know, making sure you're at every session. Just something as simple as turning up every session, yeah. you know, which is, it's not easy because there's so many distractions and excuses you can pull out. But, you know, even, even now when I know I could easily get away with missing a training session or not going out to do an extra run, in my mind, I can't do it and I can't let myself. And I think that's, that's kind of how I've, I've done okay. Um, but yeah, I think probably the moment where I thought this is becoming a little bit more serious was when, when I was at Watford, I was 21 or 22 um, and Arsenal put in sort of a, an inquiry as to whether I'd want to go over and join them. And I was like, well, this is, this is a bit much because this is Arsenal. They, they won the Champions League a couple of years before or the UEFA Cup, as it was called. They won the league every year. They were always in the FA Cup final. And I'm thinking, my God, they want me. Like, what's going on? And that was kind of the moment where I thought, right, this is a little bit more serious now. And I've turned up to my first training session with them. And you've got the likes of Faye White, Rachel Yankee, Jane Ludlow, Kelly Smith, all these amazing names that you just think, what? And again, it was one of those moments that sort of inferiority complex and... Yeah, comparisonitis. Yeah, and you kind of think, what? What's happened here? Have they made a mistake? But, you know, I had been doing really well for Watford in the same division. I'd scored a couple of goals against Arsenal, which maybe alerted them to, to me and, and what I was about. Um, so that was probably the moment where I thought, yeah, okay, this is this is happening now. Um, I'd made my debut for Wales, I think, about three or four months earlier than that. So everything had started to come together around 2008, 2009, where suddenly it wasn't just playing with your mates at the weekend, it was internationals, it was playing with other internationals and, and everything that comes with that. So that was, yeah, I'd say that was probably it, sort of early 20s, where it all became a bit more serious and, and I had to take myself more seriously as well as the game. Yeah, sure. What, what was that like getting your first cap for Wales? Because obviously, like you said, you've got you've now got 94 of the buggers. Uh, you know, what was it like getting the first one? I, I'm assuming that was probably the most special one out of all 94. I don't know. Yeah, it was. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. Um, you know, it's no secret that I, I played for England under 23s when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't work. It wasn't I didn't enjoy myself on the few times I was away with them, you know, and that's nothing to, you know, that's not me having a go at anyone. I just didn't really fit for whatever reason, whether it was on the pitch or off the pitch, it just didn't, it didn't work. And I ended up feeling anxious about going and I thought this isn't, this isn't right. I shouldn't, shouldn't not want to go away um, to play football. And then the coach at, at Watford at the time, he was also the assistant manager for Wales and, he kind of made a passing comment about having grandparents from Wales. And I said, well, actually, my mum's parents were both Welsh and they actually both represented Wales in sport. So, yeah, um, you know, why are you asking kind of thing? And he said, well, do you, do you fancy it? Do you fancy coming along? Yeah. And I had a teammate, I had a teammate at Watford, Sally Wade, and she'd already played for Wales. And she said, honestly, it's the best thing you'll ever do. Like, come along, give it a go. Mm. I, I just know that you'll love it. So I went along and from the minute I stepped in the room, it was just for a sort of, um, I think it was a fitness testing training session, actually. Um, and I went along and I, and I did all right in the fitness testing. And But the, the thing that made it was the girls there. I didn't know any of them, but they, they knew of me and they said, you've got to come. Like, we need a goal scorer. We know how good you are. And they just made me feel welcome. And everybody loves that. You yeah, know, you can definitely. deny it all you want, but everybody loves being told that they're good. Um, yeah, and And... Yeah, and that was it. They made me feel so welcome. And then I went away, went along to, I think, the next game 
was maybe a month or two later and it was Luxembourg away we stayed in this tiny little hotel the room was you know two really skinny single beds for for me and Sally my roommate little tiny tv on the wall that didn't show anything in English <laughs> shocking down with rain um, everything everything that, but you know I remember it and we got to the ground and it was the, a new kit had just come out and the girls were like oh it's the first time we've had women's fit kit I think it was made by Champion that was 2008 Eight, September that was the first time we had proper female kit yeah and I think after that after we went then to Umbro it went back to the men's fit kit <laughs> so it's been it's been to and fro but I just remember like the girls were excited that we'd had this new kit and stuff and yeah, I was named in the team and just standing there for the first time, you know, alongside the likes of Jane Ludlow, who I was, I didn't know it, but I was about to join her team, you know, a few months later and play for Arsenal with her. And yeah, it was, it was just fantastic in the warm up. I was on her team in the little small sided and I just kept thinking, don't give it away. Don't give it away. Cause she, kn- I knew she'd give you a rocket, <laughs> um, but yeah, we went, we even went one nil down, which we weren't supposed to do against Luxembourg. Um, but I managed to score the equaliser within, I think, about 10 or 15 minutes of, of kickoff. Um, and Jane came up to me and she sort of grabbed my head and said, I love you. We've got a goal scorer. And, and that was it. I thought, OK, I'm all right now. She's, right. she's happy with me. She likes me. We can, we're good to go. And yeah, that was the that was the start of it. But that that cap and that that sort of first camp of being with Wales means means everything and you know if I had to stop there and then I'd have been happy that I'd have I'd have made my debut but yeah luckily for me it just sort of went from strength to strength from then yeah that's amazing and I do like you know the podcast is you know I want it to be about the you know behind the glory as it were behind you know what what it takes uh, and what goes on and you know because you can tend to think well we all see the highlights right you know us general public you know, like <laughs> think it's all glamorous and what have you but actually you know it isn't <laughs> and it takes a lot no, of determination yeah. and I think that's what I want to get to with with these episodes in this podcast <laughs> so I really appreciate you um you know sharing that experience so <laughs> it doesn't sound that glamorous <laughs> but it's memorable so yeah yeah definitely that's uh, good so obviously not long after that you went uh you got uh, you went on to go to Arsenal, which is my team, by the way. I just want to drop that in. Um, <laughs> what, what was that like? You know, I mean, you seem pretty level-headed. I can imagine some people it might be like, "Well, yeah, I'll, you know, Arsenal will come knocking on the door." Um, but what was yeah, that it was, experience? It was, transitioning it was crazy. It was really crazy, actually, because um, it was our second season at Watford in the, the National League. We'd never been in that top league, which is mm. the equivalent of the WSL now, if you like. Yeah. Um, so we, we played a season. We were sort of halfway through, almost halfway through that second season. And I'd, I'd done OK at that, up to that point. I'd scored quite a few goals and, you know, my name had been talked about a little bit. Um, and just before Christmas, um, Arsenal, Chelsea and Leeds, weirdly, had all sort of been in touch with the club and Leeds were the first team, I think. Um, and they were doing really well. They had a, a great side back then, the likes of Ellen White, yeah. Steph Horton, they were all playing for Leeds at that at that time as, as youngsters. Um, but obviously at that point there was it, it was nowhere near professional. And so for me to say, yeah, okay, I'll come and live up in Leeds, it just wasn't going to work, you know, for a couple of training sessions a week. There was no way that was going to work, although I was very flattered. Um so I kind of knocked that one on the head straight away. Then the next thing I know, oh, Chelsea have come in for you. And then 
it's the same thing. Chelsea, they were nowhere near where they are now. Um, it, they were very much a sort of a team in transition, mm. sort of mid-table kind of kind of team. They weren't the powerhouse um, that, that Emma Hayes has created in the last few years. But again, I was just not ready to leave Watford, as, or I thought I wasn't, and or at least not to go to a club that, in my eyes, wasn't a massive step up. It wasn't sort of like, oh, you have to take this. You never know. You might not get the chance again. Yeah. So again, I, I sort of turned that down. And I was more than happy to, to stay at Watford. It was my club. My friends were there. I was a captain at the time and everything was just fine. You know, I was, I was doing all right. And then Arsenal came in and I was like, well, this is a bit different. This is this is one of those moments where you have you have to have a think about this because they are the top team. They've got the best players in the country. They've got some of the best players in the world. You turn this down, you could regret that for the rest of your life. So as much as I really didn't want to leave Watford, I knew I had to take the gamble almost um, of going over to Arsenal. Luckily, it's it's local. Obviously, Watford and Arsenal's training grounds are, are next door. Mm. Um, so I knew it wasn't going to be too much in terms of travelling and that kind of thing. And I just thought it's now or never. You have to you have to give it a go. And yeah, so I think I actually signed for them on New Year's Day in 2009. Mm. Um I don't think Vic Akers knows this, but I was really hungover when I went to sign the contract, <laughs> which is terrible. <laughs> well, it's New Year's Day. Um, I... This is, you know, this is the old days where you could go out on New Year's Eve and it was, it was okay. Yeah. Um, you know, if, you, if you're inviting a 21-year-old over to sign a contract on New Year's Day, you've you got to expect, <laughs> expect that they might have been out the night before. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was how it started. And yeah, it was... It was a strange time in my career because I was at the best club in the country, but I, I never felt like I did myself justice while I was there. Right. I don't know if I played within myself a little bit um, just because of the players around me. You know, I've, I've already said it a couple of times. It's that that kind of feeling of I shouldn't really be here. Right. And I, I don't know if that maybe held me back a little bit that I never felt really like I, I, I deserve to be there, which is a shame because now you know, I realised that I should never have thought like that because they came for me, they wanted to sign me. Um, but again, I'd never I'd never changed my decision of going there. Mm-hmm. I think it taught me a lot about myself. Um, and I did I did okay. You know, I wasn't, you know, one of those signings where you think, well, oh, that was a terrible mistake, or at least I hope I wasn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I just think I probably could have done myself a little bit more justice. But that that's me being my harshest critic. Yeah, when we do compare ourselves, you know, I've been in situations, you know, for for work, actually, and I speak a lot and I go in places and have to speak amongst other coaches and, you know, and sometimes I'm a bit like, yeah, I'm a bit intimidated here. And you do, it's a natural thing, isn't it? That you do hold yourself back. So it's that imposter syndrome. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I do, and I look back and I think, Actually, no, yeah, I remember that game. I did quite well then. And, and there are moments where I think, yeah, you did you did actually do okay. But I just think in myself, I think it could have been that little bit more that could have made all the difference. But as I said, I don't have any regrets. And, and it did teach me a lot about myself. And, and probably I learned a lot more than I realised at the time just by being around the likes of Kim Little and, and all those players I mentioned before, just the way the standards they hold themselves to. And I think that's probably stood me in really good stead throughout my career. You know, I always had that in me beforehand, but the, you know, the levels of fitness were that much higher and the demands that you, you know, the expectations that you look after yourself on and off the pitch, you know, there's probably no more New Year's Eve 
uh, drink ups <laughs> up with a hangover <laughs> after that point <laughs> and that's that's kind of the stuff that maybe I didn't realize I was learning at the time but looking back you think actually yeah that is definitely where I picked it up from or I learned this yeah. from this person and and you kind of it builds you now really probably you know yeah exactly the and the desire but you've looked after yourself to a different level yeah, and and I think I think I'd give Arsenal a lot of credit for that um, because they they were professional before before anyone else was professional. You know, even if it wasn't in terms of training every day, the standards they held themselves to, the the bus they went to to uh, onto games, the the fact that we were at the training ground, mm. what is this like? 12 13 years ago yeah they've been there all that time whereas clubs are now only saying yeah we've got the women's team at the training ground good well done clap us but actually Arsenal have been doing that for so much longer yeah. um and they are really the, the the club that that made women's football and Vic Akers yeah. has got a lot you know he's got to take a lot of credit for that yeah. um so yeah I think I've got a lot although as I said I don't think I did myself massive justice on the pitch I, I do know that they still shaped my career in a, in a really positive way yeah that's that's awesome yeah I always remember <clears throat> Arsenal being the standout you know they were just always <clears throat> standout in the women's game and still now we don't have you know all the clubs supporting the women's game and letting them tra- yeah. training on the same pitches and stuff like that you know we've still got a ways to go it's definitely better yeah. than it was but it's it's still it was- a long way to go it was all the little details, like I turned up and he said, right, what size are you? And I was like, what do you mean? What size feet are you? And he gave me a pair of boots. And I was like, what? I've never had a free pair of boots before. Nike boots. Like it was yeah. little things like that, that the players now probably take for granted a little bit. And not all yeah. players, obviously, but the ones in the top teams. Yeah, I'm they sure they're coming them. through now. Like they're never going to know any different, right? You know, if you Exactly, know, yeah. And so I think, again, that going back to my point earlier about not regretting anything, I think I've learned to appreciate everything I've got. And yeah, okay, some people say, well, you shouldn't have to appreciate it. But you do, because if you don't appreciate it, then it's not worth doing, if that makes sense. Like I, I appreciate where I was and, or where football was and where it is now. And I think that makes me want to carry on for longer because I do appreciate where where it's all come from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, names on kit, having women's fit. That was Arsenal did that. They've been doing that for for decades, and yeah. you know you have to take your hat off to them. No. As much as I'm not an Arsenal fan. <laughs> have to drop it in. So I mean, what was that experience? Obviously, you've said a bit about what that experience was like, but I guess out of that team, because it was some pretty amazing players at that time in that team. Um, and I really remember it really well. Who was who would you say the best best player was that you played against, or or with and against? I guess the question is. Kim Little stands out massively. Um, Kelly Smith, she she's always she's she's the best player I've played against, probably in terms of out and out natural talent and ability, mm. um, technique, everything. You know, she was unbelievable and. Funnily enough, I played against her in a charity game about three years ago, and she'd reti- she'd been retired and had a baby, and she yeah. came and played against a team of us who were all still playing. And she, you just thought she could still play for Arsenal and probably England now. Like she's just the vision and the reading of the game. Just yeah. she just made it look so easy. And when a player does that, you know they're special. And um, so she's always going to be someone that I didn't get to play with her for long because. The time I signed was when her, Kaz Carney and Alex Scott were going off to America. So that's why they were bringing in a couple of players. I mean, I'm not going to say I was there to replace Kelly Smith because that would be ridiculous, but 
that's kind of the, the timing. So she was only there for maybe a month or so right. after I signed before she went off to America. But even in that time, she'd sort of wander around training and you're like, okay, are you going to do anything? And then suddenly she'd pluck the ball out of the air and bend it in with the outside of her foot. And you're like, okay, now I see it. I get it. <laughs> um, and just like moments like that, you just couldn't help but sort of stand there in awe and think, yeah. wow, she's unbelievable. Um, Kim Little, she was, well, she must have only been 18 or 19 at the time, yeah. um, but she was already running the show. And my kind of job as a number nine with her as a 10 was to make runs to make space for her basically so I'm going to take a lot of credit for for where she is now because I allowed her to get on the ball so much <laughs> I take it no, as well <laughs> I mean no obviously no she was fantastic and just again that that low center of gravity the ability to go past players like they're not there and and her finishing was was world class as well and she's obviously gone on to achieve amazing things with with both Arsenal and um, Seattle when she went over to America, she was she was seen by all the Americans as one of the best players in the league. And I think, you know, when you go to a league like that and you dominate it, that says a lot about you as a player. So those two probably stand out, you know, both, you know, playing with and against. Um, but yeah, I could name so many of them. You'd be here all day. <laughs> yeah, I could talk sport all day. So <laughs> for the restrictions on podcasting, podcasting and keeping people's attention, <laughs> really annoying. I could talk all day, and I, I like I get guests like you on, and I do want to talk all day, but sadly can't. Um, <laughs> I want to switch back to the international stuff then, because um, obviously you talk about goal scoring and and stuff um, with Kim, etc., Arsenal, and, but you know you you've scored a few goals for your country, so. Um, I think you are the top goal scorer. I, I mean, I know, I know I'm right, but, <laughs> but you are, yeah, right? So you've done all right nationally. Yeah, I have. And it's a bit irritating because for so long I had a better than one in two record. You know, I, was, I had more than one in two. Um, but over the last probably four to six years, I've, I've sort of added the caps, but haven't added as many goals. So my, my ratio is not quite as good as one in two at the moment. Um, it's not a million miles away, uh, but it's not, it's not quite there. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and it is something that I sort of I brush off a little bit at the moment. But I think when I finish playing and I look back, I think actually, do you know what, to score 40 plus goals internationally, especially as you think a lot of them came when we were a team who were kind of there to make up the numbers you know we weren't we weren't amazing we weren't competing in the way that we are or we have done in the last few years um so to be able to score that many goals in in a team that wasn't particularly brilliant and I don't think any of my teammates will will mind me saying that um you know we've we've again we've grown massively as a, a nation and a, and a group of players in in the time that I've since I made my debut um so I know that you know when I'm a, a little old lady sitting down looking back at my life and my career, I'll probably think, yeah, actually, do you know what? You you did well and, and you your record is something to be very proud of. So, yeah, it is. I, I get it's one of those, again, that I get asked about quite a lot, but I, I, I kind of tend to, to brush it off a little bit. I don't know if it's embarrassment or I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it, sometimes for, a, you know, it's like, well, you know, I don't know if it's... Embarrassment. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just like sometimes we just struggle, don't we, to take the accolades. And yeah, if you're yeah, American, definitely. you probably have no problem with it. You know, Americans are like, you know, <laughs> rash are a bit more like probably have a 
probably have a t-shirt on or something yeah. with the number on or something not, like that. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I wish we were more like it, but I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah, we're not great at, you know, bigging ourselves up and blowing our own trumpets, really. And, you know, like, no. yeah, 42 goals, you know, is incredible. It really, really is. I, I think it's... 43. Incredible. Oh, sorry, 43. Miss one of <laughs> 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 oh yeah you can't trust wikipedia i'm surprised it's on 42 actually i thought it had yeah, been no, it's 42 I got what, um, oh, okay so you've on you're on 94 do you hope to get to 100 do you see that there's uh... yeah of course yeah i mean when i look and i think right you've got to 94 and you've had two children which has obviously taken a period of time out of, of playing and you think that's that's not too bad you, you've done well even if I didn't step on the pitch again for Wales, then then I'm still very proud to have reached that number of caps. But obviously, the closer you get, the more you start thinking well, it would be really nice to get there. You know, I've been fortunate enough to see Jess Fishlock, um, Lauren Dykes, and Sophie Ingle get there. Yeah. You know, and, and amazingly so. Especially look at Sophie Ingle; she's done it before she's thirty, and yeah. that's <laughs> for me is unbelievable. Um, she's also those three I've mentioned are also up there with some of the best I've played with. By yeah. the way. Um, but yeah, to, to to potentially be in their company, you know, I'm sort of the next on the list um, that's closest to 100. That's not to say I'm going to get there next, but mm. at the moment I'm, I'm closest to 100. So I'd love to get there. Um, I don't want it to be sort of a token where you get five minutes at the end of the next six games. Um, I'd like to earn, earn those, those four, uh, six caps, sorry. Um, but obviously we, there's a bit of transition at the moment with Wales and at the time of this podcast we haven't got a manager that's been named yet I think that's in the process at the moment so you know who, whoever comes in they might decide to go in a different direction and and that that's that's obviously their choice but obviously I, I'd love to be available and I'd love to to play in as many more games as I can and that's very much my focus is to still be in contention for the Wales team and you know I'll put myself in the best place to do that and hopefully you know as I said hopefully the new manager comes in and, and they want me to be involved so yeah I'd love to get there and it'll be a nice way to sort of round off to say that you've made 100 or you know hopefully more um but yeah the, the closer you get the more you kind of start thinking right if I play in this game if I play in that game I have to get there by then <laughs> then you get kind of like a bit yeah and, and you get kind of a bit distracted by why you're playing the games and, and the importance of them as, as games themselves so I sort of have to stop myself doing that and just, it's so cliche, but take each one as it comes. And, and if I get there, I get there. And, and hopefully, you know, I'd event those those caps, as many, you know, however many I do get. Yeah, well, I hope you get there. I mean, just sort of following on, I, I guess, from that is, you know, you touched on about the future and, you know, yet you're 34 years old. You keep yourself amazingly fit um, and well. What What's... And the question we had at the very beginning is, you know, about what motivates you to keep going and what are your future aspirations at this point in time? Yeah, so I think, um, I mean, yeah, I do my best to try and keep myself fit. Um, it's been difficult the last, you know, from sort of December through to, to February, mm. uh, while I, I wasn't able to play or train. Um, and then I sort of made a, a loan move, if you like, to London Bees in the period and until Watford can get back training and, and that's been massive for me so I'm, I'm very grateful to them for for taking me on board mm. and that's allowed me to sort of get myself back into a position where I'm you know ready to play games and, and train properly 
Um, but my, yeah, my motivation is just to try and play for as long as I can. You know, everyone says, I've had so many times, particularly over the last 12 months where I've thought, you know what, maybe this is a sign that you've, you've had enough, you're done, you know, you, you've had a good career. Maybe it's time to, to move on and start thinking of other things. And as soon as I start thinking that, I think, I know I'll miss it. I'm not ready to, to step out of that changing room and that environment. It's not even necessarily the actual games. Of course, I love playing and training, but it's just being with a teammate and having having a purpose to my training. You know, there's one thing running on a treadmill yeah. when you've got football to think of, but I can't imagine having to do it when I haven't, there's no purpose to it. There's no, there's no sort of end goal. And although football's not an end goal, it's a, it's something to, that keeps me going and it, it gives yeah. me a reason to, to get up and, and do the training and go out and, you know, train in the rain and the wind and, and whatever else. And I think it's just, it's just knowing that the motivation is, I don't know how to word this, it's so that I end my career with no regrets and, yeah. and no sort of wishes that I, that I had carried on. Um, my family, my husband, my parents, his parents, they all say to me, don't give it up. You're not ready. Like we know you're not ready because we can see how much it still means to you. The fact you do turn up to every training session, the fact you do keep going out on your own means it means something to you. Yeah. And that it's true. I wouldn't do it if I didn't care. And it's, it's that point where I don't care or I start making excuses where I think, do you know what? I have had enough. I'm finding things to do that aren't football related and and that's when I'll know. Um, and of course, with with my two children as well, <clears throat> I want to I want to be a good role model for them. I want to be a positive role model, and for them to see me going out and, and playing football. And mm. you know, my little boy today, he was joining in with a, a little sort of power session that I was doing in the in the house, and <laughs> you know, he was doing his own version of some squat jumps and stuff like that. And uh, and it's that kind of thing that that keeps me going because I want him and Emily to grow up knowing that sport is is good for you it's yeah you know exercise and things like that I want it to I don't want to tell them they have to do it but if they see me doing it it's normal to them and, and it's something that hopefully that they'll just naturally sort of grow into so there's there's lots of different reasons and of course winning things on the pitch I'm still massively motivated I'd love to get Wales to a World Cup I'd love to get Watford up to the championship or possibly higher so yeah. there's all those sorts of things as well that are a massive motivation for me yeah well you know if you're getting yourself out there in in the wind and the rain then that's definitely motivation right so yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> what do you um what do you hope to do I guess you know because you talked about staying in the game and loving being around the game do you hope to sort of get involved in coaching and stuff like that once that sort of time comes is that sort of something you fancy yeah um, I mean I sort of like the idea of coaching I did a bit of it when I was younger um but that was more the kind of kids club babysitting kind of coaching where right, yeah. it wasn't so much structure the kids were kind of there because their parents told them to be mm. um but I would have an interest in coaching the sort of more development or elite level um particularly girls because I'm, I'm passionate about getting girls into football and stuff like that um so something around that possibly but I think I've said it before to other people that I think when I stop playing, I want to be away from the pitch for maybe six, 12 months just to, to not be in that environment because I think yeah. I'd find it difficult, particularly if I'm in and around, say, Watford and I'm are them coaching players that I've been playing with. I think I'd find that, that quite difficult and I, I would be jealous almost of them still playing 
So I think I might need a bit of time sort of away from the training pitch. Um, I'm really interested in the media side of stuff. I've got a degree in sports writing and broadcasting. Oh, cool. Um, so that kind of side of it, I've done a few bits for, for various different news, um, sorry, media outlets, BBC yeah. Wales, Sky Sports and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm interested in, in that side of the game as well. And as well as the sort of digital content, that kind of stuff, the more modern media, if you like, social media stuff, yeah. um, almost the behind the scenes. Because I, I know how interesting I find it when when clubs or athletes or anyone, to be honest, goes sort of behind, like you said, you go behind the scenes and, and see the ins and outs and the, the day-to-day stuff that yeah. you don't usually get to see. I find that really interesting. So if I could sort of be on the other side of it and, and help sort of give that insight, um, I'd love to stay at Watford in some capacities. It's my club, it's my home, um, you know, and I know that I'd feel really passionate about getting them out there and, and yeah. doing stuff for them. So, yeah, I've got, you know, a few different sort of things that I could potentially go into. Um, it's just a case of nailing down one that that really suits me and, you know, that hopefully I'd, I'd be quite good at. Yeah, I, I, I just want to pick up on a couple of things that you said there, obviously, about women in sport. I'm really... One of my passions is getting the visibility of women's sport up in general because it's shocking mm. how much we're in the media and on the TV. It's, it's yeah. you know, I think globally, um, it's only 4% of women's sport is on the TV. Um, so that's pretty shocking. And um, yeah, kind of <laughs> getting the message out there that, you know, because obviously a lot of young girls drop out as sort of, 14, 15, 16 age when mm. maybe get interested in boys and how they look and not wanting to get hot and bothered and sweaty and get muscles and all of that. Yeah. I kind of want to try and change the message on that and make sport, you know, women's sport more visible. That's like one of my passions. Um, and you you touched on sort of getting young girls involved in football. So does Emily play? She doesn't. She she comes to my games and she'll kick a ball around. I mean, I hate to say it, but her coordination isn't necessarily <laughs> the best. She's got very long legs. Um, How disappointed like, is that? Very, very long limbs. And just, I don't know, there's something between the brain and the limbs that's not quite connected. Um, but she's, she's sort of interested and she likes sort of gymnastics and that kind of thing. Um, I'm not desperate for her to play football at all. I don't want any girl to play that that isn't interested in it mm-hmm. um and the same with charlie you know it, he's got more of a an, an inkling to pick up a ball or kick a ball mm-hmm. it's more it, it seems to come a bit more naturally to him but yeah if emily came to me and said i don't want to ever see a football again then you know that that's fine but i'd love them both to be into some sort of sport or exercise yeah. she, as i said she loves gymnastics and I, i'd like to get her into a gymnastics club or something similar um, you know, as much for the social side of it as, as the physical side of it. But going back to what you said about, you know, girls dropping out at that age, you know, where their bodies are starting to change. Mm. It'd be nice to come up with something where girls realise how good it makes you feel yeah. when you're doing it or once, you, once you're done. And, you know, I'm the same as you. I'd, I'd, I'd snap someone's hands off to be involved in anything that was going to help sort of portray that message um whether it is more visibility on on the tv or you know the the media coverage or whether it's some sort of campaign that that shows how great it is um but yeah i'd love to be involved in setting up a a proper pathway for the youngsters at watford as well because there's not not one that's brilliant that's in place at the moment so again that's another sort of angle i could go down that's not necessarily coaching but maybe i don't want to say a director but that kind of you know, someone that's organised and oversees 
um, a, a program for younger girls or something like that. So, yeah, I, I think sport is just such a massive, it can be such a massive tool to physical, mental, social health. It just, I think it, it just, it's played such a massive role in my, my life. As I said, I've grown up around it forever and I'm really fortunate that it was so natural to me. Mm. Um, I just think that, you know, whether it's in schools or outside of schools, there should be so much more done to encourage kids to be more active yeah, um, totally because it does it, it just does amazing things for people yeah absolutely I'm a massive advocate for everyone moving their body every day it doesn't really matter mm. what in what way you know with bodies are designed to move and it's just so good for exactly us mentally I, you know I always say to to clients that aren't you know I, I deal with some athletes and other you know corporate clients and stuff like that but you know I say you know moving your body is not about how you look physically it's how you feel mentally and it mm. will have an impact on you mentally way sooner than it will show up physically sadly we live in a world where most people only do it because they want to have a six-pack or a certain way instead of want to stick it on instagram yeah instead of protecting their peace of mind and their mindset yeah which is what it will do most for you know especially in early doors you know you never regret a workout um so i'm a massive believer in all of that and certainly anyone that works yeah. with me Obviously, the sports clients is okay, but the non-sports clients is like, no, you have to move your body. It's part of the. It's part yeah. of me. You've got. Even to. if it's just a, a half an hour walk, yeah, you know, taking the dog for a walk, anything, the fresh air, the movement, everything, it just, yeah, it just it does. It refreshes you and it, it puts your mind in a better place. Um, like you said, I've, I've never. I've never come out of a workout and thought, well, I feel rubbish. You know, it's, you don't. Even if you haven't hit the goals that you necessarily wanted to hit, you still physically, your adrenaline, your endorphins, you feel better. Yeah, that gets released. It's, I got a new client a couple of weeks ago and they were in a really bad, it wasn't a sports client, it was a corporate client and um, yeah, really, really bad place. And I said, right, first thing you need to do is just walk every day for 45 minutes because they weren't getting away from behind their desk. And like that's the end of the coaching session they're like what I'm like yeah that's it <laughs> and I think when I did that for a week they came back and they were like a different person you know it's like, like honestly it's, yeah. it's, you know it's so, so sometimes we think yeah. it's, complicated. it's not complicated anyway yeah. and I think now now this time this time of year is the best time to get people started on that sort of journey as well where the lighter evenings I mean not today it's really windy and horrible but <laughs> you know you're getting a bit more a bit more sunshine and I think you know lockdown one if nothing else it got people out and it got people yeah. enjoying moving and being out in the nice weather so you know I think yeah amazing what you're doing and trying to get people moving I think it's fantastic so I love it absolutely yeah. love it okay uh, I, I want to kind of not hold you up too much longer quick <laughs> couple of quick questions to finish your greatest sporting achievement or oh, it's a strange one because it's not necessarily a tangible achievement but coming back to playing international football after having children doing it twice for me personally is, is something I never thought I'd be able to do so I think that's got to be up there as well as the obvious you know international cap first international cap and first FA cup medal that kind of stuff but yeah the the coming back after kids is is a big one for me because yeah. as I said didn't think it was possible no, it's incredible. I, you know, I took my hat to, I, there's obviously a few ladies across the board in sport that have had children and come back mm. and play at a really high level of any sport. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, definitely tip my hat to you on that one. Thank you. <laughs> a couple of quick questions then, just to get to know who you are a little bit more. Uh, I guess, what's your four favourite foods? Oh, right. Okay, no judgment here. We're going from a, a person, <laughs> not an athlete. <laughs> uh, chocolate, number one. 
course. <laughs> Over everything. Um, oh, top four. I mean, I can't really look beyond chocolate. It's so hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, dear. A go-to thing for me, I like a, like a homemade curry. Yeah. Um, so one that's got less rubbish in it than one you buy from a shop, yeah. um, but still very nice. Roast beef, like cooked roast beef, roasted there. Yeah. Um, and then probably something like a cheesecake with cookie dough ice cream. I mean, that's really specific, I understand. But yeah, I mean, you've put me on the spot there. So I'm probably going to go away. Oh, no, I should have said this. But those four, if I could only eat those four things for the rest of my life, I mean, I wouldn't be very healthy, but I'd enjoy them. (laughs) You'd have a good time eating them, wouldn't you? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, Four favourite movies? Uh, Classic Shawshank Redemption's up there. Um, The Greatest Showman... Oh, great film it's a great film and my kids love it and we've had so many times where we've sat and watched it as a film, as a family and that's that's been amazing and they get up and dance and sing along uh, so that's got to be one um i don't know if anyone would know of this one you might i'm not sure when saturday comes i've heard of it when sean bean was in it and he was a footballer Oh, like okay. a Sunday league, and he got an opportunity to play for Sheffield United. I feel like I know it. Yeah, it's really... Yeah. I love that. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. And then a real throwback to when I was tiny, the original Annie. Oh, wow. Okay. Again, no judgment, but... <laughs> Trust me, no watch, judgment with these... You I know, used to watch Annie and Oliver, the original ones, right. all the time when I was a kid, so... There's a bit of a musical theme there with the Greatest Showman. And there is, actually. Obviously, you could put Harry Potter in there as well, but I'll go with those four. don't need to put that in there. No, too many of them. <laughs> yeah, last question then. Four words to describe yourself. Um, determined, mm. passionate, honest, I don't know, happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad thing. <laughs> Mostly. My husband will probably disagree with that one. <laughs> But yeah, most of the time I'm happy we go with that. Awesome, awesome. Well, Helen, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out. And I probably could talk for another hour because I'd really like to delve into a little bit more of the football and stuff. (laughs) Like I say, I have to keep it limited. But no, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. It's been really good to talk to you. No, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And if you run out of guests and you're desperate and you ever want to chat again I'd be more than happy to um, but no it's been it's been really good so thank you very much when you go into that coaching role which I think you probably will I'll have you back <laughs> <on>. <laughs> yeah. okay I'll keep you posted thanks Helen <laughs> you've been listening to the real life sports show i hope you found some value and joy in this podcast if you have then please tell someone else about it and also while you're at it why not leave me a five-star review also you can share it on your socials you'll find me mostly on instagram at sam adams coach you can also check me out at my website sam-adams.com Send any comments or any interest in coaching or speaking to my Instagram. Just drop me a DM. I look at all my messages and I respond to every single one of them.